Game begin. Hello and welcome to episode 45 of Dadgum Nerds, your podcast for family first fanboy fun. I am your host, Andrew, and not getting any titles today because we literally had a change of roster and topic mere hours before recording. We've got Zach. Hi. And we've got Kevin. That's just me. Uh, today, we have got another round table for you guys. It's very round. They, thank you. <laughs> I'm adding the round. Is that what you've been doing this whole time? <laughs> yeah. Well, it's called we're method gonna, acting. Well, we're going to be doing a round. Scene. <laughs> we're going to be doing a round table for you guys. We're bringing a bunch of different nerd topics to you, which is always a blast. But first, yeah. did anything happen to you guys in dad life this week? I had a really cool moment with Maximilian this week. Oh, oh yeah. So as you can see behind me, I have more artwork. It is looking so that good. I got from a gentleman over in England. Oh, so we can supporting local yeah, artists, supporting local pip, artists. Pip. It was awesome. Pip, pip. Um, so what you can't I don't know if you can see them on the um, on my on my left side. There's four more, but they're all basically like Jack Queen looking cards, like from a card deck. But they're all 80s cartoons villains. It's oh, that's re- awesome. It's really cool. Yeah. So this one in particular, one, I don't know if you can see it too well. That was Maximilian's favorite. He's never seen this cartoon. It's Mumra from the from Thundercats. Okay. Okay. And if you don't know what he looks like, and if you can't really tell from the picture, I'm describing it to Margaret because she had no idea who it is. I'm like, he's basically a a muscular zombie Medusa is kind of what he looks like. I mean, fair. Yeah. Yeah. And Max was like all in on this character. (laughs) Like he loves all of them. He's like, okay, daddy. Now that these are done, can you buy more for me and put them up in my room? I want oh, Mumra, cool. I want Cobra Commander, <laughs> and I want to see who else they have. He wants like the Stay Puff Marshmallow Man. Oh, that's all awesome. these other crazy guys. So now, I was does, like, he, oh. does he just do '80s stuff, or is it you know outside like '90s? He does, so he more. does stuff that I do, like that you've introduced that I've introduced for him. They also have like independent, like music lists on Spotify. Okay. And Theodore's is very more is very modern. Felicity's is very girl powder, but Max's is like eighties Top Gun. Like okay, cool. Like like all like hardcore eighties music is what Max <laughs> listens to. So he's very much my kid when it comes to art and music. <laughs> I'm not saying I have a favorite, but <laughs> I don't have a favorite. <laughs> I have but favorite you... aspects of each one, but gotcha. I don't have a favorite. Gotcha. <laughs> yes. All right, well, let's start this discussion and get this roundtable going. We're going to be back in just a second. This next segment is brought to you by Maleshko. Making videos should be fast and fun. Find out how at Maleshko.com. That's M-I-L-E-S-H-K-O.com. Or you can go to dadgumnerds.com, click our sponsors tab, and it'll take you straight there. These guys supported us in the beginning, and we'd love for you to support them back. Thanks, guys. So if you are not familiar with the roundtable concept, it's actually pretty simple. It's just a circle. Um, basically. Yep. Instead of one topic that we talk about for the majority of an episode, we basically talk about a few different ones. And each one is brought to the table by each of his dads because we are particularly excited about that topic or passionate about that topic. Or interested in, yeah, some, interested in some degree. Or we just want to hear your opinions on it. It's like a nerd potluck. This is true. If you want to bring a weird potato salad, go for it. It's potato salad. Whatever yeah. the equivalent of nerddom potato salad is. Is there a nerd probably southern, banana probably pudding? Southern, probably southern. A southern thing? Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, Southern potato salad. There's like multiple different types. Like that's well, if, kind of the nerdiest potato salad. Well, if first topic you, types if, of potato salad. <laughs> if one of you guys brought green bean casserole, get out of here. Now, uh, we've done this once before a few episodes back. So if you've not listened to that one yet, go ahead and check it out. It's not required listening for this, but you know, you should, um, you know, so, make your rounds. Yeah. Mm. Oh. <laughs> let's dive right in. So Zach, let's start this off. What is the first thing that you want to bring to the round table? So we've kind of bounced around this, but never just tackled it head on. And that's. How has your gaming shifted now that you're a dad? (laughs) Like, what does gaming look like when most of your game of life is just keeping Mm. a child alive? You know, (laughs) and you only have one life. There is no one. It is for you. It is at your ages. Well, I have four kids, so I have four up, right? (laughs) Like, I still got three if one. This is true. Um, Because I know for me. I've got a 75% pass rate. (laughs) (laughs) Success. Um, yeah, man, that child rearing side quest is really coming along. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, I mean, I know for me and I mean, Andrew and I were roommates for a bit. It was just kind of like what I did coming back from work is yeah. we would fire up the Xbox <laughs> mm-hmm. one, fire up the old PlayStation two and play battlefront, the original battlefront. Yes. Um, but like now for a little bit while Rowan was young, I still played some world of tanks hmm. online. Oh, uh, but I, I just found that I was so AFK because, mm-hmm. Oh, he's throwing up. Oh, oh, he's putting his finger into an electrical outlet. Like yeah. I just couldn't yeah, play yeah. anything that was real time. anymore. I, I learned right. very quickly that you, as a dad with young kids, don't even try anything that requires you to play online. Yeah. Just I, don't. That was my harsh realization. If you, yeah. if you cannot pause it, you cannot play it with small That's kids. It. It's the pause. Yeah. You have yeah. to have like, it's almost like being a dad. There's a pause clause yeah. to where you have to be able to press pause if you're going to game yep. or be able to just quickly close out of your phone. Cause I've actually found really, if it's not on my phone, I'm not going to get to play it. Right. Okay. Like even my switch, like I, I haven't played my switch docked since Rowan has been born. I oh, played wow. my switch docked four hours ago. Well, oh, aren't you, you so special? Well, I have my, my, my but kids are, so are also older old than enough yours. to play with you, like, right? Well, and they can play independently. So they have yeah. what we do, like TV time, whether they're playing on the switch or watching something, right. you get 30 minutes a day. Like, or if mom, if mom and dad are playing, it doesn't count across your, against your time. Right. Like you just get to play with mom and dad. Ooh, I so, like that. Yeah. So, so what does Kevin play? That's what I need to know. So I, uh, a lot of Mario Kart with the kids. Okay. Yeah. Um, we have like stupid amount of Switch games, like probably like more <laughs> than anybody really needs. Um, so I play a lot of that. I've recently kind of got into Animal Crossings. Okay. For the you first mean time. Sims for Nintendo. It really yeah. is. That's what yeah, it, it really is. is. For the first time. And we're at the new one where you share an island with everybody. Yeah. 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 It's yeah. Um, New Horizons. New Horizons. New Horizons. <laughs> Um, so I'm hoping that fills the void of Mario Golf because I'm not planning on purchasing that for um, parenting and marriage reasons. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Your kids would like to see you at some point in but, time, Kevin. But they play all the time. Like I don't say not all the time, but they every day someone's playing something. Um, well, in a household I, of six, the odds are pretty good. That pretty someone. Good. <laughs> someone. Well, yeah, we don't allow them to play till after three o'clock and not. Right. And, 
Like they only have like a three hour window. So it's not like you get your TV time. It's like, it's nine o'clock, dad. I want my TV time. No, no, no. no. You have school to do, kid. You have to read something. There's plenty of other things you need to do. Um, But no, they play quite a bit. So Theodore will play. Theodore's all in the sports games. So if it's a sports sports game, he'll play it. Felicity just likes to play to play, but but she, which is why she really likes Animal Crossings. Gotcha. Because you don't win, you don't lose. Like no, you don't, it's just you. You're not good or bad at Animal Crossing. You, you just you play just Animal Crossings. Life. Yeah. And <laughs> which, she's got, uh, yeah. which, as an adult, is called an adult. Right. <laughs> and I, 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 I see the appeal of it, but it's like. Holy crap. Some people put so much time and effort, time and effort into their into islands it, yeah. and it's beautiful and lovely and it's fun, but I love at, my kid and cost? my wife. Yeah. If your island looks that amazing and your house looks like a garbage, maybe yeah. there's a misbalance. Maybe. Maybe. But how about you, Andrew? You maybe mentioned, not. you mentioned you're playing legendary edition. But I am. What's, what's gaming looked like for you since I, having become a dad? I am inching through the Mass Effect Legendary Edition, um, which is a blast. If you have not played Mass Effect before, this is the time to get in on it. Um, if you have, it makes Mass Effect one playable. Um, I kind of have to find small moments mm-hmm. of when mm-hmm. to do it. Um, a lot of times uh, I. My wife's love language is quality time, so I, I do try to spend as much time as I can. Same with yeah, her, which, is, which <laughs> is why gaming is dead in the evenings, <laughs> right? And um, it's it's one of those things that I've definitely just with responsibilities in life. It's it's just it's taken away side, and it needs to. Which video. is funny because mine's completely different. Like Margaret's, like you wanted to play video games with your kids. It's something you always talked about. And you well, need to play more video games with your kids. Theodore's not even two at this point in time, so I can't exactly hand him a Joy-Con and be like, "All right, yeah, you we know, did to Molly." We did really? the Molly. Yeah, really? Yeah. In what mm-hmm. game? Mario Kart. I excuse like, me. I, <laughs> you see the one person just Lakitu well, is like, what or, are you doing? Or, or you <laughs> let them select the character and everything, and they just sit in your lap and you play and you let them think they're playing, and you're uh-huh. and they get so excited when they win. Hmm. Like okay. it, it is. It's a different way of playing video games with your kids. Like they okay. don't know yet, so they think they're getting good. But the problem is when they actually play for the first time and they suck. All they right. get really Here mad. I can go. imagine. All right. They get so really writing mad. that down so I can figure out how to play Mario Kart. <laughs> yeah, you just you just give them a con- like for Molly. We give them like the the blank controller that's black without any controllers actually yeah. in it. And she thinks she's playing. OK. Yeah, yeah. I'm really looking forward for Shredder's Revenge because I think I'm gonna play the junk out of that. Oh yeah, I never got I never got tired of that. I I gave Theodore a controller one time um, when the Mario Collection came out um, back this last year, this last Mm -hmm. fall. Um, And he, I just he basically grabbed the joystick and was just moving Mario around, and you know Mario was falling off everything. Obviously, that's fine. Um, And that's been a blast. But kind of what gaming's looked at these days is I'll have moments when um moments that i can play it's usually that I, I usually don't get those long stints periodically like um kristen will take up uh take the kids up to see uh her parents mm-hmm. and sometimes i'll have moments where it's like okay i don't have any kid responsibilities at the moment and so okay mm-hmm. i can play a little bit yeah. um and then other times it's like okay i've got just a few minutes on something or i just need a brain break on something and just fire up either the switch or the PlayStation and go to town. <laughs> so yeah. in a way, if this was an analogy, gaming for us is no longer a movie. It's a TV show. 
Yeah. <laughs> to where like yeah. we just have little episodes that we can fit in. And maybe even just commercials, like to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, but, for me, it's like Facebook ads. <laughs> I mean, it's like, that, it's like that's, sweet. Like I, when you say Mario Kart, I play the Mario Kart World Tour on my phone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's perfect because I can play a race on the toilet. Yep. And then I'm that good. was the next good thing. Because really, like, really, like, if you want a quiet gaming experience now, even with my older kids, like, it has to be on my phone. Yeah. Like, there's no, like, yeah. other, like, if I just want to play and get lost and not answer a million questions, <laughs> it needs to be away from everybody. Do, you else. do do any of you guys do like the Apple Arcade thing where you pay the five bucks a month for some of their top tier games, essentially? I don't. I've thought about it. Um, there's only one game I play consistently, and that's Disney Arena. Oh, that is that one. like Final Fantasy for Disney characters? Basically, yeah. But you can earn all <laughs> a bunch of different Disney characters. But I love Final Fantasy and turn-based RPGs. Right. Um, that's fun, and it's mindless. It's something I can like right. play one round of in for like two, three minutes. And so, then who's turn your it team? Off. Who's your team? Uh, right now, it's Mister Incredible, nice. Dash, um, Captain Gantu. Okay. Um, from Lilo and Stitch. From Lilo and Stitch. Um, syndrome. So a lot of incredibles here. Yeah, I was gonna say very incredible. Yeah, mostly because I like those characters. So I just and I'm Sully. Oh, okay, nice. So those, but I am building up some other people because there's some people I want to get. Rid that of. that would be a fun fantasy draft to do, which is drafting our Avengers from the Disney pantheon. I think that could be a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah well, you I could mean, have it, a list. You could have a list. Like we could even do like our Disney Arena team, which would well, basically because I was be thinking like Mister Incredible and Sully. Like those have got to be your tanks, right? Like both yeah. of them mm-hmm. are your tank class. Yeah. <laughs> Dash is is speed, but they have a bunch of be cool fun. characters. There, there's almost a hundred different characters right now between heroes and villains. It's a fun little mindless game. You guys might want to check it out. I've not yet found anything for mobile that I have gravitated towards for a long period of time. Did you do I, Mario Run? No, I didn't. I, tr- I tried playing. I played the first world. Then they, you know, said, hey, pay 10 bucks for the rest of it. Money. It was like, yeah, I'll pass. Thanks. Yeah. Didn't okay. enjoy it that much. Um, uh, but I, I there have been times that I have found things like Mario Kart where it's like I enjoyed it for a little bit. But after a while, it's like this is just taking up space on my phone. Right. Um, and moving uh-huh. on. So I, I've usually I'll gravitate more towards something that's on the switch or PlayStation that I can take in little bits and chunks and hit the pause button. I cannot yes. stress to you that if you are a developer making a video game out there and you're listening to this for all dads out there, please, for the love of anything, be able to press pause at any point in time. Yeah. This little symbol is so important. Please. Wonderful. Some games, you know, it's like if you're in the middle of a cutscene, you can't pause it. That's not acceptable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so. All right, well, um, let's move on to another topic. How about you, Kevin? What's something you want to bring to the roundtable? Yes, I have two, and you guys know this. I rarely bring something that I just think is going to be fun. It's more of like, so I bring this is interesting. Topics. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I'm super excited about the Netflix series that's coming out uh, with executive producer Kevin Smith that is Masters of the Universe. <laughs> gotcha. So they're bringing back He-Man, but not only that, because, I mean, at first I heard about it. I was like, okay, great. They're going to, they're going to ruin something else. Right. <laughs> and then I started seeing people that were attached to it. And then I started seeing the art and I'm like, wait a second. Hold, hold like, up. Like, like Mark Hamill's being Skeletor. Uh, oh yeah. Yeah. They got some big okay. names attached to it. Kevin Conroy. If you don't know him, he's hard. Ba- they got Batman. He's doing Merman. Like, yeah. Oh my Dietrich gosh. Peter from he's, 
He's also Drew, played Batman too. Yeah, he but he's more known for the Drew Carey show. He's playing Trapjaw. Um, um uh, Sarah Jessica Parker. Oh wow. Uh Lena Headley, she's in Game of Thrones. Yeah, she's Cersei. Yeah. Uh Justin Long. Like wow, and, wow. And it goes on and on. Like Henry Rollins. I know you guys don't know it, but Henry Rollins was an awesome 90s rock band guy, and he's done right. a whole bunch of I know the Alicia name. Silver, Alicia Silverstone. Wow. Like, tons of like sweet voiceover talent. talent. Okay, yeah. so they're talent like, we're, we're going all in on this. So, okay, yeah. so are they just basically rebooting He-Man or is this He-Man with a twist? So I, from what I've heard so far that it, it takes place right after the classic series ended. Okay, okay. So I don't know yet, like animation style, I feel like it could go either way. I don't know if yet it is made for people like me okay, or if it's made for me to share with my kids. Yeah, for a new sense. generation, basically. I am perfectly fine if I never share it with my kids and they make it for me. And I am perfectly fine if they make it and let me share it with my kids. Okay. Um, my kids have seen most of the original He-Man when it was on Netflix. And same thing with She-Ra. I let them watch She-Ra as well. Okay. Um, so Maximilian is super excited. Well, yeah, because nobody he's else the cares. 80s kid. Yeah, and nobody oh, yeah. else cares. <laughs> but i'm perfectly fine with that i'm like i don't care well consider <laughs> he been, knocks a watch there's been many times when i turn on something and they're like what are you watching dad he man oh really and max is like heck yeah I'm like i don't care <laughs> you leave i'm watching he man yeah i'm a 40 year old man watching he man see Whatever. all all theodore wants to watch right now is cars that's right. that's his jam we went through we went through that season it's cars and cars three cars two does not exist and if i have my way it will stay that way um, there are but, some cool moments in Cars 2. If you need to mix it up, watch uh, watch Planes, Fire, and Rescue. Okay. So, okay. not going to lie, the first Planes, it's like so blatantly just, all right, it's, just a, rip off. it's just a straight ripoff. More toys. Fire mm. and Rescue actually has some pretty good like plot points to it. I'm like, all right, this is kind of deep. They actually yeah. put some effort into it. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. Plus, it's really cool that most of it is like Yosemite National Park. So it's gorgeous to watch. Oh, right. yeah. It wasn't in the early stages of CG animation. It was later on. Right. Mm-hmm. So I'll be I'll be curious to see what the Masters of the Universe thing is. I, just so you guys know, I'm not I've not really followed anything Masters of the Universe with the exception of the amazing memes that have come out of it. Um, I mean, why would you if you didn't grow up? Like it's like it's. It's it's like pick a cartoon from your childhood. Right. That if you go watch back, it's like, should I watch that again? Should I? It's one of those. Like I go back sometimes. I'm like, I really like this when I was a kid. What was I thinking? Sure. <laughs> so it, it's one of those. Like if you didn't grow up in it. It's hard to, for you to just be like a fan of it unless you're I don't want to yeah. say some weird. It, it falls. It falls kind of in that like bad 80s fantasy realm of everything brown for me that's just, that just in my mind that's where <laughs> that falls brown. I, yep. you know what i'm talking about when i say no, that. I, I know what you said yeah. yeah um it was like yes. the color palette for the 80s they're like all right guys black gray brown yeah what's your combo and, and, and it's in hit but he's very interesting as well that story because he was the first action figure as well that was just like this huge buff muscular dude everybody else was really right. skinny um, so there's a huge, I think there's a, the toys that made us around He-Man. That's actually really interesting mm. to watch. Oh, okay. Is it made by the same people who made the, uh, movies that made us? 
documentary that you and I watched? Uh, no, uh, the toys that made us is significantly, significantly better. Okay, all cool. of them are better. Like I would say, well, the I mean, worst that's a pretty low toys bar. that made us. <laughs> The, yeah. the worst toys that made us is better than anything I've seen in the movies that made us. Gotcha. And I've watched all of uh, both. All right. So I'm going to move on to my first one. Um, I watched Wonder Woman 1984. I'm sorry. Oh, so I, sorry. you know, it's DC, obviously. So I wanted to check it out. And, you know, I'd heard I wish you hadn't. I'd heard mixed to negative things about it and was like, okay, I'm just going to go and formulate my own opinion. Sure. And just say, I've seen it. Um, it's not great. It really is not great. Have you guys, have you guys seen it? No, no desire to see that. Why would I waste my time? So I did because Meredith and I, we, we are holdouts that we really enjoy the first wonder woman film. Yeah. We we That's think Gal Gadot, even though you've fallen asleep twice in it, Kevin. I did. I didn't like that movie for lots of reasons. <laughs> this we have heard. We still think that the first Wonder Woman movie was really good, and, and a lot we of people really say were that, impressed. And I'm and I'm happy for those people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like we just think Gal Gadot painted a a very believable picture of um, how Wonder Woman became who she is. Yes. So that being said. Uh, thanks to HBO Max, we saw it on there, and Meredith was like, "Ooh, I'll watch that with you," which is unlike most things on HBO. Yeah. Max. <laughs> go, go, sure. push the button, push the button. Yeah, go. exactly. <laughs> um, and I wish I could get that two hours back because yeah, it, just, it doesn't have any soul. Like I, I, I didn't feel like when we watched it, and we had just recently watched the first Wonder Woman. Mm-hmm. Like, there's so much at stake that like she's trying to prove that she has a place in this world and she's trying to find in her, her new position right. is like being above everyone, but yet she wants to serve them. And this one, we kind of realized, you know, at the beginning and at the end, she's the exact same person. Yep. Like there's, she really doesn't, she does really doesn't grow. The world doesn't grow. Like there's very few mm-hmm. consequences mm-hmm. for what, for a while there was a earth shattering uh <laughs> scenario global, global implications at the third right. act of the yeah. movie but it just the wheels fell off especially at the third act on that one i, I again i know that you late have, no like it, it falls off long before that but like okay. everything like the, the plane starts falling apart down to the bolt nuts and bolts <laughs> at that yeah there point. was not an invisible jet there was just no jet yeah there was <laughs> just no jet at that point um i Kristen Wiig is Cheetah, um, as mm-hmm. Barbara Minerva. Actually, she did a really good job with it. Um, Pedro she did, Pascal. I, she did look promising in the trailers. I will give her that. Yeah, Pedro the, Pascal. The, the, the CG people didn't help her, though. No, not at all. And I was about to circle back around to that. Uh, the, the CG design on Cheetah. God bless him. It just. Everyone. Was, it was not great. Yeah, I'm um, surprised Peter didn't shut this film down because of the abuse to CG cheetahs well, that this film but, showed. But it's also like, you know, one of the questions you have going into it is, OK, how are how is DC going to take a character who becomes a cheetah and turn it into something that actually works for Believable. the screen? Mm-hmm. Right. And it doesn't work for the screen. What how right. they got her to where that she just was not great. Uh, Pedro Pascal plays a major DC villain, uh, Maxwell mm. Lord, um, Lord, and does a solid job as it. Um, the writers, the producers, and I don't know. I don't know how they just didn't give him anything to work with. That was but how cool would that be if, you're, if your last name was Lord? 
Like you would really want a solid it's, first name. It's actually in Lord. the movie. It is a chosen name for him. His real name is something else. Yeah, that's um, fine. I'm talking about re- for realsies. Yeah, just your hey, Mister Lord, Lord, Mister Lord. Um, well, I, but I mean, it would also be like, oh Lord, this is this is a movie <laughs> that <laughs> this is a movie that about a year before it was released was actually ready to come to theaters, and then lo and behold, the pandemic hits, mm-hmm. and so it gets bumped back, bumped back, bumped back. And so eventually, you know, about a year later, it gets released. Well, during that whole year, Warner Brothers decided to reopen that movie and go, mm-hmm. hey, let's continue to fiddle with this and see if yeah. we can massage this to where it's at. And they I just had the feeling the whole time it was like they couldn't leave well enough alone. Well, they didn't know and it was like, well enough. But I would like to well, I wouldn't mind seeing that the original cut. It'd be curious to see that. But I'm really curious Zach, when you had said like it felt soulless to me, that means it was it's it's a designed by committee project. There's no oh, well, clear vision. That's my on guess it. is every executive producer had one wish that they wanted to see implemented. Yeah. And then this this is what became and, of the film. And so I I know Patty Jenkins, the director, is tied to um, the Rogue Squadron movie. Yeah, I don't have any, I don't have any faith in that. I, well, my question really? at this point, I like. My question at this point is, I don't know how much of the blame of this movie is to be laid on Patty Jenkins shoulders, how much of this is on the producer's shoulders and how much is on the writers. Like, I don't I don't know that. So So, based off of the treatment that after having seen the Snyder cut of Justice League mm -hmm. and being like, Mm -hmm. oh, wow, okay, I actually enjoyed that ride. I would put my faith in the director and the blame on the producers at this point, that's okay. kind of where I'm leaning as well. Um, which means going into rogue one, I am very curious to see what Patty Jenkins does for that movie, primarily to go like, okay, was wonder woman, the first one, just a fluke. And just, it, they hit gold with that particular one or, <laughs> or, or in Kevin's case, you know, it sucked. Um, or, you know, are we, should I be concerned about rogue one and, you know, just, Patty Jenkins Rogue creative direction. Yeah, sorry. No. Um, that's not Rogue the last one is time another gonna... movie that I disagree with Kevin about being. Yeah. Good. <laughs> and that's not the last time that I'm going to make that slip of the tongue. No. So I, I saw one 19 when I saw Wonder Woman 1984. It's not great. Um, if you're a DC fan, you know, you, you can watch it. Just be warned, you know, just just, know. just be prepared be for probably the lamest explanation on how someone can fly. That's oh, yeah. all I'll say. Oh, dude, oh, that entire that. sequence, I was like, <sighs> it feels like you, you see that mm-hmm. scene I feel like was added. Mm-hmm. I feel like the mm-hmm. original cut, she just got to where she needed to go and there's no questions asked because superheroes just do that. I feel <laughs> like that scene was added. I'm, I, I, I'm not going to say anything. The marketing on this movie <laughs> is way better than the movie itself. Um, I'll just say the scene goes by in a flash. <laughs> Zach, how about you? Let's circle back around to you. What's another topic you want to bring to the table? So I want to talk something that uh, I want to make sure that we can catch them all in this topic. We haven't ever talked Pokemon on this show. (laughs) No, we we need to talk some serious Pokemon. Kevin, did you play Pokemon? I did. So I grew up. So when Pokemon first came released, I was a sophomore or a junior in high school. 
but my younger brother was in kindergarten or first grade. And we, mm-hmm. so we would play on the Game Boy and I would use that as sort of like a bonding okay. experience with my younger oh, cool. brother. So like and red, I, red version or blue version? I had red, he had blue. Nice. Oh, as okay. it should be. Mm-hmm. All right. As who was your starter? Be. Who was your starter? Oh, I'm still my favorite Pokemon among all Pokemon, Bulbasaur. Uh, that's really that's your Bulbasaur. number one the number my one favorite the my og favorite zero zero one I mean, in the pokedex i mean it's a good one i like it's just number one in the rare, pokedex that's just rarely one that and, i hear is like people's favorite right huh. the so, okay. lizard with the onion on his back yeah <laughs> i mean you're not you're not wrong so but I don't, did you ever, I'm not a big fan of Ivysaur him? and Venusaur. Yeah, I kept him. I was going to say, did you kept him as Bulbasaur the whole way? Level yeah. 100 Bulbasaur. <laughs> yep. That is awesome. Okay, now I have mad respect. The hey, look, were... a Moonstone. Get away. <laughs> I, w- well, I, no, I will say Ivysaur say and no. Venusaur suck. Like, they, they don't look good. Like I'll take Ivysaur. Yeah. Venusaur looks like he had too much plastic surgery. He, he looks like he looks like Jabba with no. legs and a bouquet yeah, on his back. Yeah, I was going to say, no. Venusaur looks like Ivysaur who stayed in his basement. Hasn't <laughs> <laughs> had enough sunlight. No yeah. photosynthesis. So oh, my, my family was on the no Pokemon train it growing was up. Um, I, just, I, it wasn't part of the right. Circles. Margaret doesn't like them at all either. So yeah, I it wasn't even okay. that. I don't even know the full reasoning for it. And, you know, talk to my parents. Uh, they'll I'm sure they'll give you an explanation. But just we I didn't grow up with Pokemon. And actually, really, my first introduction to it, and this is a testament to the series of what it can do for Nintendo. I was really introduced to it in Super Smash Brothers. Okay. So with really, so, so Pikachu, with, your first experience with Pikachu was Super Smash. Yeah, it was Super Smash Brothers with Pikachu. <laughs> but not only that, it was actually the trophy system too um, from Super Smash Brothers Melee okay. and others. Melee. I, I learned a lot about Pokemon primarily through that which piqued my curiosity and later on in life you know wow. figure out a little bit. my first pokemon game that i played from start to finish kid you not was pokemon shield here a few years ago i'm glad, Wait, I'm glad you, you actually played shield i actually played it how was Sword wow shield? um it uh, coming into it as with a fresh perspective coming into pokemon mm-hmm. and like i i've never Having played no a mainline series yeah right. i never played a mainline series pokemon game i know the concept of it and so mm-hmm. i know going into it kind of what it is i played pokemon go for a little bit sure. um but that series to me its mechanics are very much showing its age hmm. um i think that that series needs a major overhaul if it's going to stay relevant in the future Mm-hmm. which I got really excited when they made the announcement coming up where they're doing a Pokemon legends. I think it's Ar- Arceus or Ar- I think is the name of it where they're basically making a breath of the wild for Pokemon. Oh, so like a free roaming. Uh-huh. Well, I guess it, technically all of them are free. Roaming, like it but... looks like they stole the art book straight from yeah, breath of the wild. What is it called? Um, Pokemon legends are Arceus Arceus. Um, and it comes out, I believe, sometime in 2022 for the Switch. Um, I am very interested in that because the whole time I was playing Pokemon Shield, I was thinking, man, if they could just cross Pokemon with what they did recently with Breath of the Wild, mm-hmm. this could be really this game good. would be awesome. <laughs> and um, lo and well, I, I know Siri was I, listening and that went straight to the Nintendo developers. Exactly. <laughs> yes, and so I, I, 
I, I think a lot of people are going to be mad about that because they grew up with, you know, yellow, red, blue, all, you know, in the, the traditional Pokemon. I think so, there's going to be a lot of people mad about that, but I'm kind of excited about that. I mean, you could do that, too, and marry that with, like, the season's approach that is in um, Animal Crossing, like specific mm-hmm. time, specific month. Yeah. Spe- like, mm-hmm. sorry. Well, there's they I think don't there's roam always, here during that time. Right. I think there's always going to be that mainline series, you know, the turn-based strategy that, you know, that came straight from the old stuff. There's always going to be a mark, you know, as long as those people stay alive, there's always going to be something for that. But I I think they're going to run. I think they're going to run concurrently with this Pokemon legends thing, because I I think it's going to take off. Well, I, I think Pokemon has always been on the cusp of cutting edge because if you look at Nintendo, like Pokemon, I think you had Mario and then Pokemon was their next huge like craze. And, and you have to remember they came out with Pokemon stadium, which Pokemon stadium Mm -hmm. was one of the first games that had the, I forget what it was called, but it was an adapter. So you could into your N64 controller, stick your cartridge and it would talk to each other. So like a Pokemon that you had in your game could transfer to Nintendo. Right. But then it was very short lived. Do y'all ever play Hello Pikachu? Oh, that I I know of the game. I know it was it, so bad. I mean, <laughs> this game was like a beta test that they ended up releasing. But you got this derpy little mic attachment that would hook to your N sixty four, and the idea was that you could voice command and like communicate with Pikachu. <laughs> But the AI was so unintelligent that you would essentially be like rage quitting as an eight year old screaming into like, your Pikachu. Go left. Pika? No. <laughs> and you're doing the derpiest things like filling a flower pot with dirt and like. But just the thing that came out in like N64, though, that but was see, how long ago is, was that? It came out in 1998 (laughs) and they were thinking like, all right, we're going to do voice activated commands, which I mean, we do that on our phone now without even thinking about it almost every day. Yeah, I'm like, you know, I'm not going to say it because Siri will listen, but, you know, setting an alarm, reminding Mm. me to do something. Nintendo was doing that with Pokemon. But then you also look at Pokemon Go that took the world by storm. They had had augmented reality stuff, but it was the first one to gamify it in an (laughs) effective way. And so I think Pokemon has almost become Nintendo's R&D. So it's almost this weird dichotomy of, yeah, I agree that old turn-based style, it's part of the original recipe and it's there. But then Pokemon's almost like their R&D department where they're pushing, pushing the edge. And I've always Uh seen Pokemon doing that. I, in some it's ways, true. yes. In some ways, yes. I just playing shield. It's time for an overhaul. And so yeah. I'm glad to see that they're doing that. Sure. So anyways, what what specifically are you bringing to the table with it? Or you just, you just want to talk Pokemon? Well, we just had never talked about it. Okay, and well, I, then I we'll talk Pokemon. Those, I was one of those OGs, man. Like, I, funnily enough, I started out with yellow version okay. because I begged and I did every chores. I did schoolwork like weeks early. I did everything I could so that my parents would get me not only the yellow version, but the yellow version Game Boy Color. Yeah. Fancy. And it was amazing. And then after that, I got red version because my favorite Pokemon, even to this day, is Charmander. <laughs> and I would absolutely, absolutely upgrade him to Charizard. Yeah. Um, That's I was Max's always favorite the fire. Too. Now, my favorite pokemon is pikachu mm-hmm. but my favorite original three is is charmander into charizard 
But I mean, I played red, yellow, silver, yeah. and gold. I went ruby. The last one I played was sapphire, and then yep. that's when I hit high school, and I mm. kind of no longer had. I, mm. I had I had moved on to other things. I kind of sure. stopped doing the mobile because I never got right. a um. What was it? The the DS, the Nintendo uh, DS. Yeah, the DS, the DSi, three DS, two DS, all that. So once whatever iteration started coming on the DS, that's when they lost me. Some of those are coming to the Switch. Like they're getting ready to revitalize uh, Diamond and Pearl um, and bringing it to the Switch. So if you missed some of that hmm. and you're interested, okay, uh, keep keep your eyes open. I mean, I, interesting. I I saw that they came out for the Switch like this generation of Pokemon Snap. And mm-hmm. I'm like, nah, nothing will it's, beat the original. Where no, you would be actually, like, it's getting like eights and nines across the board. Is it? Yeah. And so, and I'm, I am, uh, I keep my ear to the ground on pretty much all things Nintendo, and everything that I'm hearing so far has been overwhelmingly positive. Okay, well That's then I might cool. have to wait for that one to come on sale. But like the original Pokemon, snap, it's Nintendo. It's good luck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, well, uh, listen, you can sign up on their e, you know, their e store and say, all right, I'm going to favorite this, and then uh, get push notifications for when it goes on oh, sale. That's good. That's good like, to know. I just made bank on on Star Wars Day. Because ah. they had like 75% off on all their Star Wars games. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know, I got Jedi Outcast and Jedi Academy and Pod Race. Anyway, we're talking Pokemon. Well, and speaking of favorite Pokemon, I've always personally identified with Snorlax. I could see um, that. <laughs> Just, I would I would have to play a Poke Flute to move you out so, of something. Something yeah. something about that that wonderful Pokemon just, you know, just resonates deep within me. Yep. All right. Well, Kevin, how about you? What else do you want to bring to the table? So I just heard this today, and this is going to be one of those not fun, like not a fun conversation, but uh, like just interesting. So uh, I canceled my Amazon Prime and Amazon Video like you a couple months primeless. ago. A couple months ago. Wow. I've been primeless for a couple months, right? You're a brave man. Um, but then today I read that Amazon buys MGM. Yes. Yep. I read that for like eight and a half billion dollars. Billion. Billions and billions and billions and billions. Like, which tells me that they're serious about their streaming platform. Uh, yeah. Which oh, for original me, content. For original content, which tells me that we might one day get a James Bond series. Yes. And that's that's the big series that they just purchased is James Bond. All 24 now, films of them is now going to Amazon. Yes. I think I, No Time to Die is going to do its thing in theaters right. eventually. But I after that, I would not be surprised. But if the, the new but generation there is of James so much content. The they have like 50, 60 years of content. It's ridiculous. That is now free to them. Oh, I mean, yeah. Well, every time that you have seen that roaring lion every right. time that's them now <laughs> and this, and, this yep. is, and all their subsidiaries that people don't talk about uh, it makes me i don't want to say worried for other streaming platforms um it does feel like it's going to be disney plus and amazon and everybody else well don't don't discount another one that happened about a week prior to this which is that Discovery and Warner Discovery bought out Warner Media Warner, right for forty six billion dollars. What Warner yeah. Media Discovery has that kind of money? Like War, AT AT and T was selling it, and so Warner Media is Warner Brothers and a bunch of other stuff 
DC now falls under Discovery and HBO Max and Discovery Plus will probably one day form one super streaming platform. Right. But there's not a ton of good content on HBO Max. There's just not right now. There's I'm a DC fan playing catch up. So right now it's lovely. Well, animation, Um, yes, but. But even some of their animation stuff is like, whoa, dude, like that's a bit. Yeah, much. Some yeah stuff, it's but, a little, but it's a bit much, but it's stuff that you are not going to be able to watch with your wife. Right. Or yeah, with right. your kids for a long minute. Right. Right. But like my wife right now, like her platform of choice is Discovery Plus because it's got like HGTV. It's got right. Food Network. It's got all TLC, all that stuff. That's how much does that cost without commercials? Like if I cut uh, without commercials, it's seven bucks right now. That's not bad. No, it's not bad at all. Whereas HBO max right now is 15 a month. Right. Right. And they got crap. You merge, you merge those two together for 10 bucks a month and you've got a serious contender for a, a subscription. Yeah, but I'm curious too, like what I don't want people to see to do, which is going to happen Let's just say they charge 10 bucks a month, 12 bucks a month. I don't want Disney to raise their price like they I think they're yeah. I think that's the proper price point for this content uh, is eight, eight to 10 bucks a month. Like I, I do pay for YouTube yeah. TV, but that's just pretty much for live sports. Yeah, there's a balance in the streaming platforms, too, that I was starting to get worried that everybody and their brother was coming out with a streaming platform wanting yeah, to get and that. And that was, there was a season of that. Want, wanting was. to make that bank, you know, you know, you got CBS, you got Peacock and Discovery and right. HBO. It's just like, all right, guys, let's let's. Well, a lot of the Peacock and CBS stuff happened when Disney bought everybody because Disney owns like 80 percent of Hulu. Right. So those, so th- those other CBS enemies, they're not making any money on Hulu. Right. So Mm. all I'm saying is I think there's a balance between what consumers want on. They don't want to pay for a a ton of different platforms. I I don't because that's basically cable at that. Yeah, I was going to say it's it's the cable conundrum all over again. Yeah, that's that's basically (laughs) what was happening. But at the same time, I don't want everything to fall under one or two companies or one or two streaming services because that's not good for competition and, you know, good for markets and all of this. So. how much that are you willing to us pay as consumers as a bundle? If you're all in on your streaming service dollar, how mm-hmm. much would you ideally be paying a month? See, it, the metric for me is I want to pay no more than what it would cost me to go to the movies twice. Okay. Because you, that's you, month? Zach, you family. No, just me. Okay. So like that, that's why for me, like I'm a, I will go on $5 Tuesdays. So if I'm paying more than $10 a month for something. Yeah. So is that total? Like, is that all of your streaming services combined? Oh, no, or single. Is that, single. Yeah, I'm talking about to- total. You add everybody up. Like, like if you're family, is, you're talking family bundle. Like your what would family you do bundle. Your, how much is your household willing to spend on streaming services? Yeah, I mean, I'd probably say that that's closer to 30 or 40 a month. I was yeah, probably, I was, I was about to say 30-ish for yeah. me. Which is about what we have at the moment. Like, and right now, HBO Max takes up half of that because it's 15 right. a month. Um, which the primary reason that I have that at the moment is actually for this show. This show. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we, we do pay, a lot of stuff. We're knocking on $50, but that's mostly because of live sports. Like, if, and your kids gotcha. aren't old enough to care about that yet. Right. Right. 
Like Zach, your kids probably will want to watch something. Andrew, you're oh, probably I know not. Rowan will absolutely. Andrew probably well, not. If the if the Edward continues with this car thing, we may be watching NASCAR for NASCAR. crying out loud. <laughs> yeah. And it's another left turn. Left turn. <laughs> left turn. <laughs> no, if we you did actually, that for a while, but our Theodore did watch any racing for a while. We we got him into like rally sport and motorcycle. Like he would watch it. Like, dear lord, kid. Like, what are you doing? Okay. So on TV, NASCAR is about as boring as watching paint dry for me. But I did get an opportunity one time. My dad got vendor tickets to go to um, a NASCAR race, and it is completely different. Oh, yeah. You go there they hear the sound yeah. and the roar in the it's, crowd. Oh, absolutely. And yeah, watch people stand it, up and sit down and stand. Yeah, I've been yeah, to the Indy the 500 and the Daytona 500. Okay, gotcha. It is a completely different experience. It's fun. You you meet some in, in, some interesting people. Oh, interesting! Oh, yeah. Interesting is that understatement. That's the I, kind I, word. I vividly remember that one. Well, yep. it's, it's very similar to going to like a Dragon Con, but in a completely different way. But kind of uh-huh. exactly the same way. It kind of is. Just <laughs> everybody's a, excited a about beer, other things. A beer soaked Dragon Con. Yeah, I just distinctly well, remember walking around and there being liquid dripping from underneath the stands and then the realization <laughs> that that was a mixture That's of beer and beer. body sweat yeah. and just being like, <laughs> yeah, I've done it once and that's enough. Yep. Yeah. Fun fact about Kevin and Zach. So we worked together on and off. And so when we first started mm-hmm. working together, like we met each other, it was like, Hey, Hey, you're this new person I'm working with, you know, all those random pleasantries. Yep. The next week I saw Zach at dragon con dressed as an elf. <laughs> <laughs> in all of dragon con like like really like i'm running i'm running no, into this i remember guy. distinctly because it was like that passageway underneath the marriott yeah and it was awkward because uh for more yeah for- you know what you know what <laughs> we are gonna save this story for the after show sure oh you're we're gonna, gonna save that. this story for the after show yeah, oh yeah. dang no just because there's some elements of the story that need to be saved they yeah, okay. that's true but it was so, so and we didn't hang out like consistently, but it was like, there's Zach again. No, it, no, well, it was, it was funny because when you, when we first saw each other, yeah, we had just started getting to know one another. So it was almost like, like literally that dirty laundry was, of like, like oh, twice, yeah. you go to Dragon Con, huh? <laughs> yeah. and, but I mean, it, you know, it, it all <laughs> yeah. worked out as you can see, as, right. because yeah. then once we got on set the next time, we were like, so you like nerd stuff. And then <laughs> right. after that. The it was friendship was done. born. It was done. <laughs> Ironically, we've never gone to Dragon Con together. Um, That's right. We've never gone together. We've only okay, seen each well, other at Dragon between Con. Between you, me, and Aaron, soon. Aaron and I have a pact that we are going to take our sons. You figure out <laughs> which of your children will want to go. And uh, are you, This year? You're going to take them this year? Oh, no, no. Rowan will <laughs> okay. probably need to be at least... I'd say maybe when he's 30? three, he, yeah, 30. No, uh, college as old as I am. Um, he'd, uh, maybe once he gets into three, so maybe next year, I think he'll be old enough to appreciate the parade. Yeah. Just, just the parade. Oh yeah. Just the parade. Like <laughs> yeah. I would not take him anywhere else. Okay. <laughs> and even no. then half of the parade will be like, and, and hey, look, the yeah. inside of my palm looks really <laughs> interesting right now. Would you look at this building? <laughs> yeah. Ah, Underworld's coming through again. Would you look at that sky? <laughs> right. <laughs> um. Uh, this week, we uh, had the Eternals trailer that dropped. Yeah, we did. Yes, we did. Um, and we're probably going to do an episode once it gets a little bit closer. We learn a little bit more about this movie on mm-hmm. what our expectations are going into the Eternals. 
But as of right now, there's not a whole lot of expectations because this is just an utterly brand new IP for most casual Marvel fans. Right. This much about the Eternals. Um, and then and, that trailer, and that is the extent of my knowledge. And it's so, you know, you can kind of look back on some comic booky stuff, but you, you kind of wonder how much are they actually going to be keeping at the original story because it is so brand new. Um, the concept of it, and I had to end up looking this up because I'm not even extremely familiar with them. Um, this is a race of beings that has been created by the Celestials, and we have actually been introduced to the Celestials mm-hmm. A couple of different times in the MCU. Guardians of the Galaxy 2, right? Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, yeah Guardians of the Galaxy mm-hmm. did it primarily, though, where um, Nowhere is the head of a Celestial. Um, that Ew. space station that they go to. That's the size yeah. and scale. The Celestials created the Eternals. That's a big head. That's a, that's a big head. <laughs> and um, the someone on the Celestials also created another race that they that the comics call the Deviants. And mm-hmm. so the, the Eternals and the Deviants are always at war with each other. The uh, Eternals are trying to guide humanity the correct way and deviants are trying. It's it's are trying to deviate. Yes, bum, exactly. Bum, bum. Um, but I'm really curious to see how they take this. The trailer, it's a teaser. You know, you're kind of just getting the overall feel and the flavor for it. Um, but two things like I'm I'm intrigued. But I want I I that intrigue is probably not going to hold over for too terribly much longer until we figure out like, okay, what the heck is this movie actually about? Yeah. We're yeah, not going to care about it soon. They wet our whistle. Loki comes out in like a week and a half and right, we're going to forget right. about it. And then Loki's going to be awesome. Again. Yeah. Right. Some of the other cool things I, uh, in this, so Angelina Jolie's character, I forget who her name is. Her, oh gosh. I need a list. So she is actually Thanos's first cousin in the MCU. So there she's related to Thanos in that one, which I what? don't see the resemblance personally, but there's not know. a lot of that. Like in the come, if you look uh, at all but of the in, people and right, but in the comics though, um, actually there is deviant blood in Thanos, right? Which is kind of interesting. So mm. that what everybody, what I'm seeing online with the Eternals is like, you know, we've been here guiding humanity and, but now basically something has brought us out of retirement. I can't, I don't know the actual words. And it's like, so Thanos, like, you know, snapping half the universe and changing. Right. That didn't get your attention. That, that didn't, that didn't do anything, you know, or well, it's the same know. argument with Captain Marvel. She's like, well, I had other business. Right. <laughs> That's, What's more I, important. I, I personally am hard pressed to think about something that affects literally half, half. of all existence. Um, so that's what everybody's dogging online. But at this point, like I'm intrigued primarily because like it's brand new Marvel characters. I'm thinking Guardians of the Galaxy. Like we didn't know anything about Guardians of the Galaxy right. going into it and look what they did with it. So I, I, I trust Marvel at this point to be able to go, OK, this is something that we want to see. Well, the art style and oh, the aesthetic beautiful. that I saw almost reminded me like, oh, this is Doctor Strange meets Guardians of the Galaxy. I that was kind of the vibe that I was getting. Yeah, I sent a text to Andrew after watching it. He did. I was like, I'm like, this looks like this is how you do. This is how you do it, DC. Yeah. Like in terms of cinematography and lighting mm. and everything. It looks like yep. this is a big slap in the face to DC in the best sort of way. <laughs> if you're a Marvel, if you're a Marvel fan in the worst sort of way, if you're a DC fan. Right. And we've, we've mentioned this before on the podcast too. Um, 
I, I think it was Kevin Feige who said something to the degree of basically we heard this concept in a pitch meeting and we mm-hmm. greenlit it right then and there, which if you understand how big of a machine Marvel is, that does not happen. Yeah. So I don't know how much of this is Marvel PR and they're just trying to get people in nerds excited about it. Um, that this is, you know, a great concept or whether we really do have something special on our hands, because I'm seeing a lot of, a lot of behind the scenes excitement for this particular property. Yeah, coming I've, out heard, in November. I've heard that it is from Marvel people that it's the grandest Marvel movie they've made in terms of like, what, like and I think that that is probably the best one. There, there, some people are saying it's the best Marvel movie we've made yet, which is that's a, that's a high bar for superhero yeah. films. So uh, there's a lot of hype that's coming from Marvel. And again, I don't know how much of that is from their marketing department mm-hmm. or, you know, just their marketing Do they campaign even need a marketing, marketing department at this point. Like, <laughs> By <no>. Marvel. <laughs> and, right. you know, you got everybody shows they up. They just need a weekly reminder. Like, <laughs> not even marketing. Just it's like, like every here's other this, month. Here's this great thing coming now. It's like so, every other month they release something now. It's well, ridiculous. With that teaser, though, I am intrigued on where they're going to go with this. Um, and as more time goes out, there's there's some hints as to what the comic uh, what they're going to do in the storyline. It looks like one of the um, Eternals uh, is going to turn bad. Um, and I'm a deviant. No, uh, he has the ability to um, control minds at will. And I don't know what he's going to do with that. Hmm. Well, given the name Eternals, we have plenty of time to figure it out until November. Yeah, basically the world ends. Um, and then I'm not seeing anything else that you guys have on your list. So I'm just going to dive right in and this will eat up the rest of the seven minutes that we have. Zach, seven minutes. Mm. Okay. Why did you only give seven minutes to this topic? Because we could have spent the whole episode on this. So go ahead. Go should, ahead. We go back, should we go back to Pokemon? Or Sounds something? like you didn't have a plan, Andrew. <laughs> Sounds like you didn't have a plan for this. I, I had a plan. I just wanted to know if we were going to actually get to this. But um, it has been announced as of today, actually, this came out. Um, I'm looking at the IGN article. It says that you can find this a bunch of different places. Mm-hmm. But Star Wars director J.J. Abrams says he, quote, learned the hard way to go into projects with a plan. How did he learn that off of, how did he not learn that off of Lost? Yeah, like, yeah. How, how do you make that same mistake twice? But you so, know what? Here's the thing is, how, oh, really? No, duh. When how you does somebody have in, industry, in there. Yeah, how does someone let him make that mistake twice in that industry? Because of episode eight. Well, and uh, then I'm just gonna, go, hey, somehow you got to pull this one out of the ditch. I'm, I'm going to read a couple of different quotes from this, so just bear with me oh, for a second. It. Uh, But it gives a little bit of context. He says, I feel like what I've learned from TV as a lesson a few times now is that something uh, that's especially in this pandemic year working with writers has become clear. The lesson is that you have to plan things as best you can and you always have to be able to respond to the unexpected and the unexpected to come in all sorts of forms. Um, And I do think that there is nothing more important than knowing where you're going. Then he goes on to say, um, in the case of the Star Wars trilogy, and I got to find the exact quote that he had on this one. Basically, they started flying the plane on this one and didn't have an end goal of where episode nine was going to be going. And see, that summarizes okay. why I was so excited that JJ had been tapped to start because mm-hmm. I think he's a great starter. But just like a baseball game, you find out that someone's the closer and you go, ah, well, there goes the game because this person doesn't know how to close. 
But even and, to set them up well as a starter, you still have to know where it's going. You have to begin with the end in mind. And if you don't have a destination, the end of journey and mindset, yeah, it doesn't matter. And, and that's exactly what the Star Wars trilogy, the, the new, the, the sequel, sequel trilogy felt like. It felt like three independent episodes that didn't merge in any coherent way. Like if they knew mm. that they were going to do Palpatine and bring him back, I'm, I'm perfectly okay with that. But we I need to see some element of that in right. seven because it felt so shoehorned in in nine that it could have been something that had been setting up in seven and eight. So I, I I look at this and there's really not a whole lot more to say for me of like, come on, really? You guys didn't know that going into it, especially with this franchise. I know. Like, don't tell me you didn't have time to plan this. You, you, Buy Lucasfilm for four point some billion dollars. You've got all the time in the world to craft a plan. George Lucas even handed you his plans. You could have. And granted, once I read them, I was like, well, partly compared to what we had. Okay, well, anything compared to what we have, (laughs) because there's a plan. Right. Right. But but even still to say like, oh, we just we ran out of time. Don't give me that. No, if Disney, if Disney had told us that they were going to be doing a Star Wars trilogy, let's go back in time. They say they're going to do a Star Wars trilogy. Woohoo. So excited about that. And it's coming X time. If they told us like, hey, we've got some major problems that's happening with where we want to take the series and we think that this needs more time, but we're going to add a year or two onto it. Take it. Done. People be Get mad, right. but whatever. Right. Yeah. It's going to be mad. It, yeah, and then in two years time, they'll be fine. It's it's going to fade away I, I, as long as you're giving updates on it. And like, here's a little progress. Just wet people's appetite with it. Periodically looking at you, Metroid Prime Four developers oh, over Nintendo. Um, as long as you just give little bits and pieces of updates all throughout the like fans will be fine with that. Mm-hmm. Just take the time that you need to with something that's this big to get it right yeah. and to have a plan with it. And I'm so sad to hear that they didn't have one. Now it has to live on Disney plus forever next to the Mandalorian and be like, see, yeah, <laughs> see? Yeah, yeah. See the difference between plan and no plan. Yeah. And that, that to me is, is the shame of it all is that like, wh- why is this an announcement? We, we knew this, yeah. like it was so apparent in the story structure that there was no cohesion and it just further solidifies why you have to have that Kevin Feige, that mm-hmm. John Lasseter, who is just kind of like the the shepherd of a brand, right? And can help course correct. Right. Can you imagine so if, they let, if they let Favreau have that oh. back then? I'd I'd give I'd give him and Dave Filoni that combination of the two of them. I'd give them the keys to the kingdom at this point and be like, "You want to remake the original trilogy? Have fun." No. Um, Careful. <laughs> <laughs> to, to, I give them the keys to a point. At um, some point, at some point, I think they will remake the new trilogy, the original trilogy, but that's for another discussion. Another time. That's the original that's trilogy many. or the prequels. Cause I don't think they will ever touch the originals. I do, I do think we may see a remake of the prequels. And I'd, I, be, I, I'd be okay with that. I could see him remake all of them. I could see a remake of all of them. I don't know. I, I, the the I, originals, I feel like have the protective bubble that such films like, Gone with the Wind, the original Wizard of Oz. Like, it, there's almost like a, all right, we can't touch this. 
I used to think Ben Hur was also in that bubble, and then we were given the travesty that was the remake. (laughs) I disagree because for the the massive populations, their favorite Star Wars films is the new trilogy. And if you need to make, if you want to chase your money train down the road, they're going to remake them. No, I think that they're going to be way more apt to go into different periods of the Star Wars universe, like. They're they're setting like the up the public. High, they're setting up the High Republic right now yeah. with all their books and comics and stuff. I think that they are absolutely planning on laying the track. They're absolutely laying the track work for yeah. I media think content do, that's going to happen later. I on think there. they'll do all that too, and then it, then there's naturally kind of a point where like you know what, it'd be really cool to see the original trilogy in uh, nowadays technology, what it could mm-hmm. look like, what it could feel like. Maybe, you know, at that point, uh, I'm, not, say, saying it's I soon. CG, I'm not saying it's soon. CG gets to such a point that we can make a photo realistic using all of the original lines of dialogue from the original cast. That's about the only thing that I would take. I don't know. At this point. I mean, Andrew, we're talking it's about the happen, same man. company that is making a live action remake of every single animation they've ever made. Oh, and, now the ride, and now the ride that's going to happen, dudes. Yeah, I saw I saw a list Not that was soon. like what's Within I saw I saw a list that was like what is the best live action remake that they've done at Disney and I looked at the list and was like other no <laughs> 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 so there's I those live action aren't they just feel so soulless and I really don't want Disney to do that with what they've they've got some good people at the helm right now they're hitting some. But that's what they need to do at that's, the moment. That's what they're doing different than Warner Brothers is they're staying out of the deal and letting the people that are passionate do it. And, um, yeah, I think as long as they do, if as long as they do that, then it'll probably never get remade. But the moment the studio starts to think, you know what, we need some more dollars. Over we like here. money. Yes. <laughs> and you, you would have to have a director whose name is willing to go down as the one who remade one of the most iconic movies that's ever been created i think there'll be plenty of people well, that are doing not not necessarily if if, if directing i was now if but i, I think was, in 15 20 years time absolutely but like if i'm the if i'm going into the film industry if i'm in the film industry and lucasfilm comes to me and says hey yo we want you to direct a remake of a new hope i'd be like bye felicia i'm all in what well, yeah, it would make sense I'm for Kevin because he's got nothing to lose, right? You got nothing like, to lose. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like you're he, a new filmmaker. You've done one film. Like you have nothing like. Regardless, you're, you're like, you'll be set for life. I, that I one film. And I you mean, can, look at, look I, at I, I highly disagree. No, I'm not saying it's the right decision, but I'm saying that's why someone would say yes. I mean, you look at you look at why Ryan Johnson said yes. When your only film really under your your belt is Looper. Which, yeah, you jump at it. You jump yeah, at that opportunity. If you're told, hey, we'll give you the keys to Star Wars as no, long but as I'm you're a whipping boy and listen to everything we tell you to include. <laughs> but yeah, you would absolutely say yes. Yeah, you, you would say yes. No, but it's episode like uh, the original trilogy. Do you really want your name attached to? Why would you not want your name attached to listen, something like in that? In that industry, it is such a uh, you either make it or or you just fall by the wayside and someone else is going to do it. Sure, no, pre- no right, way someone I'd else is going to do it. I 100% would because you're going to have two camps. You're going to have a camp that absolutely hates you for even doing it. Mm-hmm. And then you're going to have, if you do it well, you're going to have all these new fans. Like, you know what? That guy needs to be attached to everything Star Wars does. Now, and like, then, yeah. 
to to and me, it, it wouldn't make sense for someone who had like if Christopher Nolan, yeah, mm-hmm. wouldn't make sense for him because and he's I, got you, an established career in his own very specific lane. Yeah, and that's that's what I'm saying. Like, I think any director with any sort of clout to them would would be would like, rightfully say no. no way. Would rightfully say no, absolutely. But what did George do before that? He did yeah. one thing. See, like, yeah. that's what it is. I mean, mm-hmm. that's that's the person no, you're looking for. But, but it, we're talking about what, like I said one of the most iconic movies ever made. Yeah. And well, <sighs> that's why it would take someone who's hungry. Like you'd have to have someone with a job really of hungry, appetite. Really and ready to, yeah. Hungry and fearless. And they don't even have to be necessarily like, honestly, that person probably isn't even, isn't necessarily a fan. Like, not like we Ooh. are. Like if you're that hungry, like you have to ah. like, you would probably love the film. You might not love star Wars, but that's the type of person it would take. That's mm-hmm. all, all the, I'm, I'm listen, mm-hmm. I, I'm going to say I'm not in love with this scenario, but I agree with Kevin that I can see this decision happening in 20 years and I will be in the camp that goes, how dare you? That and then will shows be me. To the movie theater. Well, and then goes just because I have to see it. This is the guy who like, like swallowing a pill full of poop watch the first season of resistance just because it was Star oh. Wars. Okay. So I'll go see it. You'll go see it. And it doesn't and once, mean it, I'm going to like once they, once they remake the prequel trilogy, it's only a matter of time, especially yeah. if they're successful. I, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, there's merit to that. Well, guys, I think we're going to wrap this discussion up. Um, and that was not seven minutes. <laughs> I, it was not. It was, more like, it was, not. It was more like 10, but uh, we'll, uh, we're going to give our closing thoughts and pun count right after this. Hey, Daggum Nerds fans. Did you know we had a merch store? If you want a T-shirt or a fanny pack to really show off that dad bod, go to DaggumNerds.com and hit that merch store tab and you can find what's in store for you. All right, well, guys, any closing thoughts before we go? I, I'd say it's my first roundtable. That was really fun. It, 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 the thing is, it it really just felt like us over lunch. Yeah. Right. Like uh, there was at one point where Kevin, Andrew, and I would all be on the same set together shooting training materials. And th- this is kind of like y'all. This you is as how listeners the work would go. And yep. Viewers, you just listen to what lunch was like. Or even the shoot sometimes. Yeah, <laughs> during the shoot. We would stay productive, but yeah. we, you know, the other side of our brain, we could talk, talk Marvel, talk comic books, Star Wars. I, and I remember always getting good questions on nerd topics of conversation. Just remembering like, okay, this is a guy I could hang out with. Well, <laughs> lo and behold, here we go. Now here we are better or worse. Well, uh, everybody, thank you so much for listening. Um, if you have not already followed mm. or subscribed to Dadgum Nerds on either your podcast you platform or whether do you're it. on do YouTube, it. yeah, follow the emperor and say, do it. Do it now. Just <laughs> um, yes, do it. <laughs> no, but seriously, like, again, why we push this so much is that it not only helps us grow, but it allows us to make big asks of big guests who eventually come on the show uh, and open some doors for us on what we are able to do here. So if you haven't, and uh, I would highly consider uh, either liking or subscribing or both here to the channel. Or both. Okay. Um, also, be sure to go to dadgumnerds.com. Uh, we've got a ton of stuff mm-hmm. on there for you guys. We've got a merch store like I'm you know, wearing right now. Um, 
and get t-shirts i think we actually legitimately have a fanny pack that's on there if you, you want can. to really rock you that you can get that fanny pack you really can um, just zip on over there and get it <laughs> <laughs> uh, we got quick links to a bunch of different stuff for daggum nerds like our social media channels and a great way to contact us but our best way uh to support the show is actually on there which is our patreon program and Word. seriously for as little mm-hmm. as three bucks a month you get access to our after show which seriously guys it is so good we have so much fun mm-hmm. i mean doing listen those after shows if you want to find out this tantalizing additional tidbit to the encounter between zach and kevin at dragon con you're gonna have to wait hey, for the after show we have, we have a couple where we're literally crying laughing uh yes. yeah <laughs> We're, go back through the back catalog on yep. that and oh my gosh guys it is it is brilliant mm-hmm. um so it for as little as three bucks a month you can get that or even our top tier you can actually guest here on the show which we are about to have our first guests on that's do right it. coming do up do this it. next month which is really i'm That'd really stoked for that mm-hmm. um so go to dagumnerds.com, hit our Patreon button, and it really is the best way to support the show. Helps keep the lights on over here, and it's not just for us buying, you know, vintage yeah. cars or something, you know. And we promise we don't have a sappy theme song. In the Yet. Arms of the angels, <laughs> Once we get the rights to Sarah McLaughlin's music. <laughs> well, uh, or if you don't want Zach to sing that song ever again for three us. bucks a month, you can, you that's can shut top, me up. That's our top perk. Get enough of those people. And <laughs> Zach never sings listen. again. Uh, well, Zach, what do you have for a pun count for today? Uh, it was a modest one, but it, it's a high five count. We had five. Okay. All right. So to all those fellow punsters out there, high five. How much do we have to pay for you to stop telling puns? Uh, that's priceless. So you can't put you can't put a dollar amount to no, that. No, I need a, okay. I need it. I need to know a dollar amount for All right, that. Well, Zach. for for our top tier, uh, for a thousand dollars a month, Zach oh. will stop saying puns on the show. Andrew, uh, make that happen. Um, <laughs> Next thing I know, I see like who's this John Oswald <laughs> who seems to look very like Andrew and Kevin together as a person. No, I think they're funny. <laughs> So, I will not contribute to that. <laughs> Who's Pun Slayer 2001? <laughs> all right. Well, that's all we've got for you today. Again, thank you guys so much for listening. We will catch you later, Dadgum Nerds. Have a good one, guys. Game over.